Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the voice of Christian Liberty and Homeschools.org, the radio ministry emanating from our beautiful 12-acre campus and historic 200,000-square-foot building in the heart of Arlington Heights. For over 54 years, this ministry has continued to build upon the historical riches of God's wisdom and knowledge and the labors of hundreds of faithful servants. If you are looking for a God-honoring school, consider Christian Liberty Academy. Students attend our on-campus academy in Arlington Heights, coming from all over Chicagoland. We are minutes from the Metra train line. And parents, if you are desiring to nurture your children in your home with a Christ-centered curriculum, we serve thousands of families throughout the world through our home education program and services. We have pioneered the modern homeschool movement, and we can help you from a single book to a complete curriculum. You are about to hear from the depths and archives of this historically rich and yet culturally relevant institution as we seek to inspire and encourage you in your walk of faith. Get ready to hear your host, speaker, teacher, and author, Audrey Marie Hessler. Welcome, friends. It's a sunny day in Chicagoland, and if you're listening to this at the time of the original broadcast, it's springtime. But, of course, you can listen to our podcast. Uh, they're available year-round at ChristianLiberty.com. So it might be any season, but today we see sunshine, and it's a, a beautiful day. And I've said this so many times, and, and we're happy to know people respond to this, but you're always welcome to come visit us in Arlington Heights. We have a beautiful academy here. People have come to see our art shows, our plays, and meet our teachers and staff. So if you're in the area, you're certainly welcome. And I'm here today with my co-host, Pastor Calvin Lindstrom, whose father started this amazing ministry that reaches the world. And friends, if you're involved with ministry, whether it's a small local ministry or an international ministry, we're all out here serving the same God. So we're grateful to partner with all those who love Jesus Christ. And today my co-host, Pastor Calvin Lindstrom, is a pastor, so we can get a special message from him as God has appointed him to that role. And, you know, we all have different callings, and he's been set aside to be a pastor to the Church of God, and he pastors here at Christian Liberty Church. If you're ever in the area, he certainly would welcome you. And so today we're going to talk about this very important week, and it's Resurrection Sunday week. So welcome, Pastor Calvin. Audrey, it's always uh, good to be with you, and I would uh, echo your words. Come join us on a Sunday morning if you're not regularly connected with a local church. Uh, 10 a.m., we have a Sunday school. We're going through the book of Exodus, and it's been a, it's been a very great study. I, I lead it with uh, one of the members of the church, and then in our morning services, we've been focusing on the Gospel of Luke. And I trust uh, for our congregation, but for me, it's been a, a blessed study also. So it is, uh, it's always a blessing to study God's Word. That's it's so true. That's the it key. Is. It's not about me or uh, anyone else. It's, it's the blessing of, of God's Word. Amen. Yes. And, and it's so infinite. You can, and so since we're going to talk about Resurrection Sunday, 
I'm going to say a verse that we all hear and we do get a little too used to it, but the depth of it is amazing. And it's John 3, 16. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, Calvin, I think sometimes we get a little too used to that Mm -hmm. verse. And yet it is, in many ways, it can epitomize what we want to share about Christ. He died for us out Amen. of love. It is. Yeah, it, it is. And we've th- – there was a very fascinating speaker, Gregory Athanas, who uh, was a music professor at North Park College for many years. He may be retired, but he was a, an expert on all the art of the Roman catacombs. Oh. Had opportunity. What a fascinating topic. It, it, you know what? It's It's not what most people would – ever think about as a subject, but he became probably the leading expert in the world, wow. was given the permission, had the time to study all of the artwork, and he reveals what I think is a, an important truth. We, we never are trying to pit the crucifixion and the resurrection, like, oh, well, this one came first, so it's more important, or this one came second, so it's more important. It's not that. They, they are the two sides of the beautiful coin of redemption. But in terms of perhaps the imagery, what do churches use as the symbol? It's the cross, right? Oh, I'm wearing one. <laughs> and there, there is, um, you know, that that's a long. That's this is a discussion. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. But he he does point out the early church focused more on the resurrection, rather uh, the symbol of the cross does come later on. I don't know exactly when that enters into early church art or other things. But in terms of the Roman catacombs, the art of the Roman catacombs, he points out, it was focused on Old Testament stories or other themes that focused more on the resurrection. Obviously, they they knew Jesus died, but their hope was that Jesus was raised from the dead. And it is is a, a fascinating study. So Jonah, the story of Jonah, is found in the artwork. Daniel... Or, or the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fiery furnace, or Daniel in the lion's den. This is the artwork which these Old Testament stories are stories of suffering, but then also of triumph and resurrection. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting, um, it is interesting what we have focused on and what the early church focused on, and then perhaps even what the New Testament. The New Testament brings both together. And there's no there's no contrast. Um, we have a book in our church book room, and I saw it for many years. Uh, it was a pink covered book called Crucifixion. <laughs> I probably saw that book in our book room for many many years. Never read it. Just thought, ah, I, I don't know why I never uh, never read it necessarily. Maybe it was the pink that threw you. Perhaps off. <laughs> it was. Yeah, the pink cover. <laughs> but fascinating, fascinating book. Some of it we would be familiar about, but Hangel points out that although Crucifixion was extremely widespread. Even at times, Jewish people used it after they subdued enemies. The Persians, the Romans perfected it, but some, as I say, sometimes even the Jews would use it. But he points out the cultured world never discussed crucifixion. It was such a horrible, shameful uh, activity that it was not the subject of polite conversation. And he, as he describes and as the New Testament 
does describe. It's the shame and the curse of the cross. We, we tend to focus more on the pain. I think in scripture, it's the curse, God's judgment, and probably more than the physical pain is the shame of the cross. And in our Western culture, we, we don't tend to think of shame and honor as much as in an Eastern mindset. Uh, but this is why Angle says it was never discussed because of how shameful it would be. Likely, Jesus is crucified naked. He's in a place where everyone can see it. They know this is what is being done. And then, again, no one wants to discuss it because just the, the horror and uh, the shame. Deuteronomy twenty one twenty three says, uh, he who is hanged is accursed of God. And, and the Apostle Paul speaks speaks of that. Um, the New Testament, it's interesting, doesn't focus on so much the the actual pain and suffering that our Lord endured. I would say it's more the theology of what Jesus did for us rather than trying to give all of these details. His suffering is not ignored. Obviously, he he thirsted. He cried out uh, uh, to the Father. So it's not that the New Testament is detached from the pain of what our Lord uh, faced, but you know, re- read the Gospels yourself and take note of how the crucifixion is described and what the focus is. I, I would argue it's more the theological significance rather than just how horrible and painful it was. That's what we tend to want to focus more on, and that's where movies and other things, oh, we love that because we want to know, well, how how horrible was it to die? <laughs> yeah, it was terrible, obviously. But many people have been crucified, and that's not to downplay what our Lord suffered, but it was the, he was offered in our place. It was the shame of the Son of God being crucified. The, the judgment that he bore in, in our place. That, that is really what the New Testament has as its focus. And, and perhaps we've, we've lost sight of, of some of that. Well, I'm Audra Marie, the co-host of the Voice of Christian Liberty with Pastor Calvin Lindstrom, who's the pastor here at Christian Liberty Church. And he welcomes you, as a matter of fact, uh, for Easter, Resurrection Sunday. He would love to have you visit, but that's if you are looking for a church. And today he's talking about the suffering of Christ. And Pastor, I think what really caught me was when you said the shame. You're right. I have, over these past uh, years, become very aware of how people are emphasizing, think of the pain, think of the pain. And of course, the pa- the pain is beyond almost our comprehension. But shame is a different word, isn't it? It, it is. It's, and it's a unique form of pain. And the fact that he was willing to suffer that shame for us. He was wounded for our transgressions, as we're told, mm-hmm. bruised for our iniquities. But that word, and, and yet so many people in life truly will have a form of shame in their own life where, and, and now you can realize that even that, God brought that to the cross for mm-hmm. so many people who he rescues out of horrible darkness. Mm-hmm. And he bore their shame. But also, Pastor, I like how you point out the shame of the Son of God mm-hmm. is on that cross. When we uh, come back after break, let's, let's talk about Hebrews 12. That's one of the great passages. And it, it uses, uh, I, I would say there's three uses of the word cross, and we'll see that in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3.
So after the break, come back and join us as we uh, discuss this beautiful text. Okay, we're almost at break here, friends. I'm Audrey Ritt. Marie with the pastor of Cal, Pastor Calvin Lindstrom, pastor here at Christian Liberty Church. And we started out this broadcast telling you if you're in the Arlington Heights area, please come visit. We're an academy. We're a homeschool program. We're a, a church and we also have books. And pastor was mentioning some of the books here that we not only publish ourselves, but of course, pastor, the most important book is God's word, the Bible. And so today we're sharing about the truth from the Bible that we worship a Savior who died on the cross for our sins. The pastor, what a great point he brought out, the shame that he was willing to bear for us. Marjorie Marie with Pastor Calvin Lindstrom, and we'll be right back after this break. Hi, this is Pastor Calvin from Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. Would you send your child to a school that taught 2 plus 2 equals 5? Why, then, would you send your child to a school that teaches girls can be boys and boys can be girls, or that humans evolved from apes, or that children should apologize or be embarrassed for their skin color, or teaches sexual perversion to children? Get your children out of godless government schools. We can help. For over 50 years, we have operated a Christian school in Arlington Heights, And we have served hundreds of thousands of families locally and across our nation and even many foreign countries through our homeschool program. We have pioneered the modern homeschool movement, and we can help you from a single book to a complete curriculum or an on-campus enrollment. Visit ChristianLiberty.com to learn more or to schedule a tour of our excellent 12-acre facility in Arlington Heights. Take action today. Visit ChristianLiberty.com. Welcome back, friends. This is Audrey Marie, the co-host of The Voice of Christian Liberty with Pastor Calvin Lindstrom. And Pastor Calvin is part of a legacy here at Christian Liberty as his father and mother founded this wonderful ministry. And he now pastors the church that his father founded. But we are part of a large group of people serving our Savior. And uh, again, friends, if you heard the first half of this broadcast, if you're looking for a church, this is the wonderful pastor who heads the church here, but also it's a larger ministry. And if in any way we can help you, please look us up. But wherever you are, if you're a servant of the Lord, we stand with you to bring the truth of Jesus Christ. So, Pastor, let's continue. We're talking about particularly the suffering and shame of Jesus Christ and as we remember him, especially this weekend. But as Christians, we every day, every second, he's a part of who we are. And so what would you like to share today? So Hebrews 12 um I use this as part of our benediction every uh, first Sunday of the month. It's a beautiful text. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And I would suggest that the New Testament uses the word cross in three related ways. First would be the historical event that our Lord, I would argue for the year 30, AD 30, uh, Professor Eckhart Schnabel at uh, Trinity uh, used to argue for that date. A second, then, is the theological significance 
And third would be what that means now for believers, the, the command that we also take up our cross. And I think Hebrews 12 uses the word cross with, with all three senses, the, the history, the theology, and then our duty. And uh, you mentioned the word shame there. Jesus endured the cross. You could say that's in part the physical. And then despising the shame. And as you did highlight, um, the Son of God dying the most cruel, I think we could say probably the most painful, but the most shameful death that could ever be designed. That That's what our Lord endured for us. That's why we are not to become weary and discouraged in our souls. And when we consider the crucifixion, one of, one of the questions I think it answers in Scripture is, how do we know God will never abandon us? And I believe the answer is because what our Lord suffered on the cross was the abandonment and the what he endured in terms of bearing our sin. That's why, for the believer, he or she knows God will never abandon me because our Lord already suffered that. That sense of no one to answer, no one to cry out unto that will do anything. As uh, as we read uh, in Matthew's Gospel and the other Gospels, as, as Jesus cites Psalm 22 on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That what our Lord endured is why we know we will never be abandoned because of what our Lord suffered for us. And that's why the, the writer of Hebrews, whether it's Paul or someone else, uh, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So we, we, we must rightfully give uh, focus to what our Lord suffered, but then also his victory. And that's, uh, that's why every, every Sunday is the celebration of the resurrection. <laughs> I think it should be. Um, I, I don't think it's wrong that, that churches would have a, an even greater focus, but um, I think if we're being more biblical, we recognize every Sunday is the day of resurrection, and it should be more part of our, of our focus. Um, if a service doesn't speak on the resurrection, maybe it's missing something, at least at some, some context. Uh, we celebrate a risen uh, raised Savior who is now uh, seated in glory, um, so we, we we never hopefully lose sight uh, lose sight of that. Well, you know, Pastor, in the first half you mentioned about the cross and that often there was the it became an emphasis later. And so, uh, as a person who often wears a cross, I wear it for the purpose of I always want to remind myself. Do, that I do not want to bring shame to the God who was willing to be shamed mm-hmm. as God. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I always want to say that if tomorrow that person says, that was a Christian who walked in here, mm-hmm. I want to represent Christ in such a way that people say, that was a Christian, mm-hmm. the way they respected us or talked to us. Yeah. And so now today you have brought out how much he took shame. Mm-hmm. and But I also like how you brought out that he accepted hostility and that we shouldn't get weary because you certainly know, as being part of this academy, we know the hostility mm-hmm. Christians can have. And, of course, even right. if you're not 
part of a ministry. Right. Oh, yeah. And he says, and that scripture says, so don't get weary. That's right. Look at the hostility Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ took. Mm -hmm. I have thought, Audrey, if a logo, and I don't know if I should even use that term, but the symbol should be the cross and the empty tomb. (laughs) And and we, we do believe where Jesus was crucified outside the city walls of Jerusalem, near that was a tomb in a garden in which no man had ever been laid. So the idea of bringing together the symbol of the empty tomb and the symbol of the cross, to me, that might be perhaps the solution. Uh, Paul speaks of, I I, I proclaim Christ and him crucified. And Gregory Athanas pointed out, that doesn't mean he did not speak of the resurrection, because that, everywhere you look in the New Testament, they also spoke of the resurrection. The crucifixion of Christ for the New Testament writers also meant the resurrection also. In our symbolism, perhaps we focus more on the death rather than the life of our Lord. And your point is so excellent. I mean, there it's not quite as easy as of an image, but it's something that we still need to always be proclaiming that it, it is a good thing that a person would die for a person, and that's in Scripture. What, mm-hmm. what a great love. Right. Greater love has no man than this. But we do know people who die for other people, our, our military, our, our first responders, and we thank God for them. But Jesus did something more. He not only died for us, he went into the grave and came out again for us. And we, we serve a resurrected God. And, and that is particularly what this week emphasizes. But the, as you said, as a pastor, it's really our, should be our, what we live for every day, knowing that we have a God who is alive, mm-hmm. alive forevermore. And because of him, the mm-hmm. grave has no hold on us. Amen. I, I like to point out to my own congregation, we, I don't think the goal is to try to relive Good Friday or even Resurrection Sunday, for that matter. We can't relive it in terms of the the drama, in terms of all that took place. Trying to do so to me, just it doesn't work. (laughs) But we live in terms of the truth. I think that's what the New Testament focuses on. It's not trying to relive all that our Lord suffered. Live in terms of the truth of what what our Lord endured and suffered for us. Again, going back to to verse 3, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. So you cannot try to relive what Christ endured, but you must consider it. And then as we think about it, in light of all that our Lord has done for us, how can we hold back? As as you point out, I, I don't want to bring shame to the name of my Lord. Hebrews 1 says, get rid of that sin that so easily ensnares us, uh, the, the weights, the other things, so that we do not uh, bring shame uh, to the name of our Lord. And, and it is, uh, no, no doubt, the New Testament focuses on Peter because of what Peter did. Also then on the other side to show that there is forgiveness. When, we have all failed our Lord. And, and if you don't think you have, <laughs> you're just not aware of not how many honest. times you've done it, right? <laughs> so when the New Testament highlights what Peter did, I think it is to remind us, you know what, we're not as strong as we think we are. So we, 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 want, we constantly have to consider what it means uh, to be a believer, to bear the name of Christ. Uh, that's why, you know, the Apostle Paul in, in Philippians chapter 2, such a, a beautiful passage, focuses on on what our Lord, you know, what our Lord suffered, um, enduring 
or, or being obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So that that's where the New Testament constantly reminds us what our Lord did for us. What is our response to that? Well, Pastor, what a great message. Here we are at a particular time of year where the church does remember the resurrection, but as you said, it really is what we're to be put in remembrance of all year long. Our Savior died for us, and he rose out of the grave. And because of that, Pastor, I love how you pointed out, first of all, that our Lord was willing to suffer not only pain, but truly shame as the Son of God on the cross for us. But it didn't stop there. Mm-hmm. He died and came out of a grave, rose again, and because of that, we who accept him as Savior have eternal life. We have the most amazing gift. And I love, Pastor, how you connected that to so we can have faith he'll never lead us. Amen. He'll never leave or forsake us. Thank you, Pastor Calvin Munster. My, my pleasure. And friends, you're welcome at the Church of Christian Liberty. This is Audrey Marie, the Voice of Christian Liberty. You have just heard from the Voice of Christian Liberty and homeschools.org, the radio ministry emanating from our beautiful 12-acre campus and historic 200,000-square-foot building in the heart of Arlington Heights. For over 54 years, this ministry has continued to build upon the historical riches of God's wisdom and knowledge and the labors of hundreds of faithful servants. If you are looking for a God-honoring school, consider Christian Liberty Academy. Students preschool through 12th grade attend our on-campus academy in Arlington Heights, coming from a 20-mile radius. We are minutes from the Metra train line. And parents, if you are desiring to nurture your children in your home with a Christ-centered curriculum, we serve thousands of families throughout the world through our home education program and services. We have pioneered the modern homeschool movement, and we can help you from a single book to a complete curriculum. We partner with parents to raise strong, respectful, compassionate, Christ-fearing, outstanding young men and women of character and purpose. Visit ChristianLiberty.com to find out more about Christian Liberty Academy and our excellent academic, athletic, and arts programs, our full-service homeschool program class that includes testing, report cards, transcripts, and more, plus the many books and resources produced by Christian Liberty Press and other excellent publishers. And visit us on Sunday for a morning Bible study and worship service that starts at 10 a.m. Visit ChristianLiberty.com or call 847-385-2012.